For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles up with me to uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 18 is where we'll start at today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 18. And here Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he's telling them some things that they need to straighten out. And he's also answering some questions to them. And here Paul is about to give them a very, very important truth. Amen. And that truth is to me and to you also. And so the Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul said the things that you can see with your eyes are not the really and most important things. He said the things that are you can't see, those things are eternal, the Bible says. And so here in this passage of Scripture, I believe Paul is primarily talking about his ministry, his hardship, his trials, his hurts, his suffering, his pains, his shipwrecks, uh, the beatings that he went through and the imprisonment. He went through all kinds of things. And so if he would have only focused on those things, oh my boy, he would have got really disappointed really fast, wouldn't he? And you will too. If that's all you look at is what goes wrong or what's done to you or what happens and you only see the bad and you only see the old woe is me and you don't look at what god is truly doing and you don't see how great and mighty those eternal things and how important they truly are all oh, your eyes and your heart can get so defeated and so paul here is reminding us listen to what he says while well, we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are seen are are not seen are eternal he says the things that you can see are temporal even uh my own house, my own bank account, my own car. The, all those things are temporal. That, that one day, they'll be gone. One day, they won't be mine anymore. One day, I won't have them. They are a temporary thing. And that's how Paul also talks about our, our body. He t- talks about our body as a tent, a temporary dwelling place. And so I, I do believe in this verse, he is really speaking about his own ministry and the hurts and the heartaches and the hardships And he said, these things that we shouldn't focus on, these things we shouldn't keep our eyes on, but we should keep our eyes on the work of God, the eternal things, the things that will matter when a soul saved, when a person's life is changed. Amen. And so these were absolutely uh, instrumental in his ministry. And the great object, the great thing that he was doing in his ministry was not what is seen. You cannot see a person's soul. But 
When a person gets saved, their soul is saved, and their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so you can't see that with your, with your natural eye. You can't. But Paul says here that that is the most important thing. That is eternal. Amen. And so this might include the glory of Christ, the blessings of, of one's fellow men, and the reward that awaits the faithful servant of Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. The eternal rewards. You see, all these things will pass away, but the rewards that you receive in heaven are eternal, the Bible says. Even the crowns that we grit, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, even though we won't keep them, even though we'll know that it wasn't us and we're not worthy. And the Bible says that we will cast them at Jesus' feet. That's what it says, because we're not worthy. Those things, now those are still eternal crowns. It's just we're not going to hold on to them. We're going to cast them at Jesus' feet. But I believe the most important thing here is, is not the riches in heaven and, and the streets of gold and, and the walls of jasper and the sea of crystal and the mansions and all that. that. All that I don't believe is talking about all that. All those things are great. But I believe it's talking about a person's soul being saved. When a person is born again, their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the work he's talking about. That's the eternal work he's talking about. Because when a person is saved, they are saved for all eternity. Amen. They belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, no man can pluck them out of my father's hands. Once you're God, you belong to him. You are his. Amen. Just like when you're born in whatever your last name is, you're born in that family. You can do whatever you want. You can even change your name. But you're still legitimately born into that family. And once you're born into the family of God, nobody can remove you. Amen. Not yourself. God says, no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. And so that verse is so important that me and you, you know, even uh, if you could stop and think something that you can't see, you know, we didn't even see the first blood stale till like the 1600s. Uh, a, a man was able to look through a microscope and I don't really know how to say his name. John Swan hired him, I believe, looked through a microscope and was able to to see the first blood cell. Now, them blood cells have been around the whole time, ever again since Adam and Eve, for a couple thousand years. But he didn't see it until the 1600s, till just a few hundred years ago. But they had been there all, the whole time. There are so many things that, that we can't see that are important. But the work of God is on a whole nother level. Amen. It is eternal. It is the eternal work of God. He says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God's work is highly important to him. Souls are so important to him that he sent his son to die on the cross to save a, a lowly sinner like me, and I am so thankful. That's how important the internal work of God is to him. Look with me now in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 1. The Bible says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. The apostle speaks of our present body, our mortal body, this earthly house, this tent, if you will. A tent is not a permanent dwelling place. Uh, it's a portable one like pilgrims and travelers would use. Or as today, most of us in America, the only time anybody uses a tent is they're camping out or or um, messing around, or there's a few homeless that live in tents, but a tent is not meant to be a permanent dwelling place. And that's how Paul refers to our body. He says we have this earthly house of this tabernacle, and he's speaking of our body as a tent. We're just passing through. 
And if you stop and think about it, we're not here for very long. The average man lives to be in his 70s. That's not very long. And if you go ask any one of them that's over the age of 70 how long their life really was, you will not find one that said it took a long time to get here or my life was so long or it's everyone I've ever talked to has said my life went by like a vapor. I just blinked my eyes and it was just yesterday I was 20 years old. It was just yesterday my kids were born and their kids are older than me. And so life by it goes by so fast. And what we do, what we do, and those eternal works that we do for God, amen, what more is there? There's no prestigious position or amount of power or bank account that can even compare to that. Amen? Doing the work of the Lord. And so we're, we have a, a, a small window to do that in. And that's what the Bible's talking about. This is a temporary dwelling place. My body is going to get old and die. I have a certain amount of time that I'm going to be here on earth. I have a certain amount of time that I can do work for the Lord. And I've got to get busy doing that. And so do you. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't think you have tomorrow. I mean, don't live like you're going to die today. You know, work, work hard, plan for tomorrow. But we're not promised tomorrow is my point. So you've got to work today. Don't wait. Don't put it off. If there's somebody you know that needs to know the plan of salvation, hey, give it to them today. Call them up and give it to them. So the apostle here, uh, Paul, he's talking about this present mortal body, temporary dwelling place. Death is spoken of as, as a dissolving tent. The tent is taken down at the time of death. It's over. The body goes into the grave, whereas the spirit, if a person's saved, their soul goes to be with the Lord. The Bible says a person saved to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. That's what it says. And so this is a temporary, temporary dwelling place. So Paul opens the chapter with the assurance that if the earthly house should be destroyed as a result of the suffering that he was talking about, as mentioned in that last verse, in verse 18, that uh, all the hurts and pains, and he knows that, hey, I, no matter what happens, if they kill this tent, if this body gets dissolved, this tabernacle, this tent gets dissolved, that I have a building not made with hands from God in heaven, eternal in the heavens, amen? And so what does man have to fear if you belong to God? What are they going to do? Kill you? Going to send me to be with the Lord? What's the big deal with that? But we do fear death. And that's the truth. The Bible says that we do. And the Bible says that death stalks every man. But we shouldn't if you're saved. The door, death is nothing but a door that leads into heaven. And so notice the distinction here between the tent and the building, the temporary tent is taken down, but a new permanent house awaits the believer beyond the skies, a house that you can never imagine. It's so, so glorious. And this is a building from God. And so in that sense, where does it come from? Who gives it? God is the giver of it. The Bible says that God is the giver of it. A building not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. God is the one that gives it. Only God can do that. Amen. And so furthermore, it's not even a house made with hands, Paul says. Our present body, our, our present body aren't made with hands. So why would he emphasize that our future glorified bodies would not be made with hands? Isn't that a, a legitimate question? I was born from my mom. Uh, no hands made this body. But the answer is that the expression is not made with hands. 
it, not of this creation. And you know what makes this clear in Hebrews chapter? chapter 9 and verse number 11 it says but christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands this is to say not of this building and that verse answers that question amen if jesus christ himself the high priest of good things to come by greater and more perfect tabernacle and i look forward to that day i don't look forward to death i don't look forward to death at all but i do look forward to being with the lord forever to being in that permanent dwelling place to being in that building that is not made with hands is made by god himself i look forward to that day when there's no more hurt no more pain no more suffering no more tears no more hurts no more sorrows and no more heartaches amen i look forward to that day i don't look forward to the death part but the bible says in psalms chapter verse Psalms chapter 23, that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And if you think about that verse, that verse is talking about a Christian dying, that, that, that death is nothing but a shadow. A shadow can what? A shadow can scare you, but it cannot hurt you. It may be scary, but it can't actually do anything to you. And so I believe that's what that verse is talking about. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of of death it's just a shadow that passes over it can't actually do anything or hurt me but it just passes over and that's what it happens when a christian dies this body might die this body might grow in the ground but they themselves their soul will go to be with the lord amen to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord forever forever so what what paul is saying here in second corinthians 5 1 is that Whereas our present bodies are suited to this life on this earth, our future glorified body will not be of this creation. In other words, they'll be especially designed for heaven. They'll be especially designed to be with the Lord. Because if we, our sinful body, was in front of a thrice holy God, we would be annihilated. But when a person is died and they get that building not made with hands in other words the glorified glorified body as many refer to it you you will be ready to be in the presence of god almighty forever and ever and ever and so the believer's future body is also described as eternal in the heavens it is a body that will no longer be subject to disease decay death but one that will endure forever our heavenly home and I, I look forward to that day I, I look forward to me and my dad was talking about that we were talking about heaven and the bible says there'll be a new heaven a new earth and we were wondering of course nobody can answer the question but we were just talking we were wondering I mean, what's it going to be like on that new heaven that new earth are we still going to be able to walk together and talk together and maybe climb a mountain together go fishing together go hunting together i i don't know i know that we'll be together because the bible makes it clear that we will know one another we will know one another But what a glorious thought that is to be forever with my loved ones that are saved, that are born again. I want all of them to be saved, but the ones that aren't, the ones that haven't realized they're a sinner in need of a Savior, repentant of their sins, and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when they die, they'll be like the rich man in Luke chapter verse number 16. Luke chapter 16, where he died and he lifted up his eyes in hell. And he's still there to this day. Because there's no forgiveness in hell. There's no hope in hell. There's no mercy in hell. 
but we have mercy and hope today while we're alive. Amen. Put your faith and trust. Repent and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't forget this. So many do. But let me tell you, the first thing that John the Baptist preached, he prepared the way for Jesus. And the very first thing that he preached was repent. You know what the very first thing Jesus preached was repent. So you tell me how important it is for you to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. It is vitally, vitally important. Don't forget that. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I look forward to that day when we get that house that's not made with hands. And just I look forward to it forever being with the Lord. Now those that die first before the Lord Jesus come back will, will be in the grave. And so in other words, their soul will go to be with the Lord, but their body will be in the grave. But the Bible says when Jesus come back in the trumpet sound that the dead in Christ shall rise first and we that are still here will be caught up with them in the air. What's going to happen then? Their soul is going to come back with God. Their body is going to be called out of the ground and they will meet in the air and they will forever be with the Lord. And at that moment, they'll have their glorified body. Their soul and body will be one again. But until Jesus comes back when a person died, their body goes in the ground and their soul goes to be with the Lord. But once Jesus comes back, all that changes, amen? Matter of fact, us that are, if we're still alive, if you're still alive, when Jesus returns for his church and the trumpet sounds, amen, and you'll be caught up with him. You'll be alive and you'll just be pulled up in the air with him because you're yours, you belong to him, and he's coming for you. Amen. I look forward to that day. And those that are dead, those that are in the ground, those that are in the sea, the Bible says even the sea will give up the dead. It doesn't matter if a person's been cremated, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Your body's going to turn that way anyways. It's going to pull them right up out of the ground or right up out of the sea or right up wherever they're at. If they're on an urn in their family's house in front of the TV, hey, they're coming out of there when Jesus comes back and sounds that trumpet. Amen. And I look forward to that day. And so a person that's in that state, they're kind of in a disembodied state. In other words, their soul is separated from their body. Their body's in the ground, their soul's with the Lord. But at that moment when Jesus comes back, they'll be back together as one and they'll have their glorified body, that building not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Be looking forward to being with the Lord forever. I look forward to that day. Look with me now in verse number two, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 2. The Bible says, For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. So in this present mortal body, we're often forced to groan, aren't we? We often get sick or, or hurt or pain or you hear somebody getting a cancer or somebody's only got a few months left to live or some kind of disease or something happens or you get in a car wreck. I mean, there's just a million ways that something could happen, a million ways that a person can die. So we're often forced to groan because of the way this body limits us and impedes us. Uh, and even in our spiritual life as we want to grow on and, and you want to serve the Lord. And I've seen it happen. People get older and they just physically can't go anymore even though they want to. And so their, their physical body uh, uh, you know, puts a damper on what they want to do. 
what we greatly desire is to be clothed upon in our habitation, which is from heaven. And that's what Paul is talking about here. Now, Paul's not looking forward to death, and Paul's not longing for death, and Paul's not saying, I want to die. But Paul is saying that I'm ready to be with the Lord. And so in this verse, the apostle Paul, he seems to change his uh, figure from a tent. And listen, Paul had every right to think that. Paul was a tent maker as he worked many a times. He worked and labored so that he could preach. So Paul was a tent maker and realized that the similar material was used for tents as also was used for clothing. And so the meaning became clear to him and that he longed to receive his glorified body. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's something to be said for a man that'll work and still do what God's called him to do. When a man will work a regular job and still get out and preach, still get out and hold up a sign, still write a track, still still go around and witness, go around to churches and preach, and still, still lay down what he wants to do to go out and spread the gospel. Amen. There's something to be said for that. If everybody in church would get up and go to work for the Lord, not relying on the pastor, not relying on the pastoral staff, but I'm talking about you that got a job, get up and go and do work for the Lord. Get out and hold a sign, pass out a track, get out on the corner and preach. Whatever it is God can call you to do, whatever it is that you can do, if you'll get up and do it, oh my, we could change the world so much quicker. Amen. The gospel would spread so much further and so much faster. Hey, Paul here sets a wonderful example of that. And I can tell you this, I'm doing everything I can to follow that example. I work a job. I might, my wife have a full-time job, but we also have a ministry. And I preach every chance I get. And I am not lifting myself up, but I am saying, I am saying, there's something to be said that if everybody that was in church that had a secular job would get out and be sold out for Jesus, how much further would the work of the Lord go on? How much further would the work of the Lord go how many more people would be in church how many more people would get saved how many more people would hear the gospel amen i believe god would be greatly pleased with that paul sets a great example here he worked he labored he toiled with his hands he was a professional tent maker but he still he still his main focus in life was the ministry and the gospel of the lord jesus christ because its value has eternal value you can't see those things. You can't see a person get saved, not in their heart. You can see the exterior, what happens to them and how they change, their attitude change and what they do. But you can't see their soul. And he says, those are the important things. Those are the eternal things. So let's follow Paul's example. Amen. Now, if you can't get out, there's something you can do. You can pray. You can give so that others may go if you can't go. But if you can go, if your feet will allow you, Please get up and move forward for the Lord. God has something for you to do, and I want to see you out there doing it, and so does the Lord. Verse number three. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. What does naked mean in this verse? Well, the saved person does not have a body between the time of death and the resurrection and is naked in the sense that that's like a disembodied state. They don't have their body. Their soul and their actual physical body is separated. So Paul is saying that his earnest desire is not for death and for the or for the disembodied state, but rather it's for the coming of the Lord Jesus 
Christ and for all of those who have died and need to receive their glorified body. He longs for that. He groans for that, as I do also. And maybe you do. And I've heard many older people say, I don't know why God still got me here. I don't know why I'm still alive. I could, man, if you still have breath in your body and your heart still beating, it's because God has a purpose for you. God has something for you to do. God wants you to witness. God wants you to pray. God wants you to live right. I don't care if you're seven or 107. God has something for you. And let me just tell you, elderly people, older people, grandparents, you may say, well, I only got a short time left. It doesn't matter what I do. Let me tell you, it matters greatly what you do because what you do before you leave this earth, the rest of your family, your grandkids will carry that with them for the rest of their life. So it is vitally important that you live right, right up to the end, right, right before you go to meet the Lord. Amen. Let's get out and be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.